0: Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round four recap episode for the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. Joining me to break it all down, I've got Greg Ducharme here. What up, Greg? What's going on?
1: Oh, man, what a weekend. Uh, I feel... I feel- a little more relaxed this weekend. We've been talking about it all week, but uh, it's been a great week down there in the Dominican. We got a little football on today. We got a a winner in Hudson Swafford. What a win. Congratulations. Exciting day. Happy to be here with you boys.
0: And good I've Rick. got that's good, Rick. Don't I've, do I've got Mark Gimelman here. And Mark, I will not even needle you about the Falcons because my Phila- my hold on, my Philadelphia Eagles waves the white flag and punted with 19 seconds to go in overtime instead of trying to kick a field goal and they took the tie. So no needle today. Hey,
2: oh, look, I would give certain things for a tie right now that like, oh. <laughs> This is two weeks now with a fourth quarter lead and they can't close it out i, I I'm not gonna lose faith faith. I'm not gonna I'm looking losing faith, but I'm not gonna lose faith right now I, i'm 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 bordering on desperation Boris um you, you're gonna have to send help for me if they lose one more time next week.
1: is Kyle a Cowboys fan by the way?
2: I't do know. know if
1: I, I I don't know what he is, but uh, as a Jets fan too,'m I'm, I'm with both of you boys. so it's hard for us to be needling each other right now because uh, let's just say things aren't looking great. Yeah, it's mostly
0: a slap fight at the moment between our teams. Um, All right, let's talk some positives here. We've got a winner on the PGA Tour in Hudson Swafford, his first win since the 2017 American Express, uh, notably playing on a major medical extension. Now we'll get the exemptions through 2023. Mark, he's going to get into Augusta. He's going to get into Kapalua. He's going to get into the players. I mean, this is obviously a big deal, and this is kind of what we we thought could come out of this week, is you'd get a guy whose now career trajectory is a little bit different four, four days later uh, after this one.
2: Yeah, and you'll see some guys perhaps who didn't make the trip down there post-U.S. Open, maybe next year rethink that decision. I know you're worn out after a major championship, but now watching what Hudson Swafford did around a good golf course, great place to stay from all the reports I heard. It's nice down there. And, and this event now has got a bunch of big perks, including a nice payday. And for Hudson, it, it's always special for me when you see a guy come back from injury, because injury is one of those things that you never know how it's completely going to turn out. And, and I loved his post round comments, post tournament comments, where he talked about, you know, life is good off the course, but golf just wasn't good at all. And yeah, four days later, golf is great. And now, all of a sudden, you're looking towards a pretty fun schedule, you know, as you look into 2021 and beyond. So, so good for Hudson. He's one of the great guys on the tour. And and I was jacked to see him win.
0: It, it, this victory, Greg was was not easy, and they never are on the PGA Tour. Right? They're they're never easy. He starts the day a couple shots back of Adam Long. He jumps out to this. Uh, I, I mean, he, he it was a point where I think he got out to a three or four shot lead. He birdies number three. He eagles number four. He goes out in 31, and you're thinking, oh man, this is this is kind of over here. And then 12 and 13 was a real turning point. Uh, he did what I did. Greg, which is you basically, you, you have these little, you know, pitches from the side of the green, you leave it on the hill. It comes, rolls back down to your feet. Like I, I I'm familiar with that, but he was able to right the ship a little bit, hit a stellar shot on 17, which is a par three, roll that in for birdie and, uh, and hold on.
1: Well, the thing is Rick uh, on, on 12 where he had the, the pitch shot is what's going to stand out in your mind. Um, but the whole before, I mean, Mackenzie Hughes did the same thing in the group before from yep. the exact same spot but the problem for hudson is he had 138 yards from the fairway so i think it was 138 it was it was definitely a short iron it may even have been less but i'm pretty, 138 sticks out to me anyway he uh, m- missing the green in that spot was that's the error and all of a sudden you leave one a little bit short and it comes back to your feet and you miss the bogey putt and now things start to speed up. And as Mark know, I mean, M- Mark and I both had many students who tell you about a round and they say, okay, well, things started happening pretty quickly. And that's one of those moments where things are happening quickly. And I think he really, um, he got himself back under control on 16. He made two really nice swings on 16. Uh, although the approach came up short, he, he felt like, and he said this in his poster on interview, he felt like both those shots were really good and he narrowly missed the putt. And then on 17, if you're watching all day, you're seeing everybody is coming up short on 17, short and right on 17, nearly hitting it in the penalty area to the right, hitting it in the Caribbean nearly. There were a lot of poor shots on 17. And I I mean, for the it must have been what, 45 minutes to an hour. I didn't see a single guy hit it close on that hole. Everybody came up short. So um, when when Hudson Swafford hit one and you see the apex reach 125 feet in the air, I was a little worried that his fate was going to be the same. Um, and all of a sudden, it's in there tight, what uh, six feet or something, eight feet, and he rolled it in. It was it, that was a really really impressive shot.
0: We we have to talk about eighteen uh, because he's on in two and he leaves. His, he's two putts to win. He's on in two. He leaves his first first putt. I don't know, eight feet short. And Mark, I think this is the first thing I thought of was, oh, this is uh strokes gain sphincter tightening right here. This, <laughs> this guy's got eight feet for victory. Um, it, it would have been a bad way to get into a playoff. Uh, Tyler McCumber was waiting for him, but he's able to roll it in, but that is no, no easy two putt uh, when you're trying to win for your first time in over three years.
2: No, not at all. Uh, but, but it, it, it was the severity of the putt. You know, it's the same as the double he made back on 13. He's got a scoring wedge in hand. And it's the kind of shot where both those hole locations where you have to sit, essentially attack the hole location where a little defense is being played and you spin a wedge up against a cross breeze and it comes up shy. So so you can blame the wedge. But on those putts, you saw by Mackenzie Hughes' attempt that rolled beyond the hole about 8, 10 feet or whatever it was. You know, you get the thing on the wrong side of the hole in the grain and all of a sudden you've got something coming back there. Now, the key to long-distance putting is good contact. And when you're a little nervy and we are a little antsy and the heart rate's going a little faster, you, you know, you're trying to keep a language stroke, you're trying to con- measure the stroke and hit solid putts. It's not as easy as people think. I mean, these guys aren't superheroes, and that putt, you could see by his response, he's, he must have mishit one for it to come up that shy. But you know what? In the end, thankfully for him, you know it's only as good as the next shot, and he came through on the next one pretty well. So, so say so in the end, all works out well. Uh, if he had three putted that, who knows what would might what what might have happened? But the truth of it is, if you if you boil it down, you know no one's going to talk now about the first putt that he left short, apart from the first cut podcast. Everyone's <laughs> going to talk about him making the putt to win. All right, and, and and that's what you practice for. That that's what you log the hours on the range. That's that's the situation on the PGA tour nowadays with the depth of competition that you aren't going to have many opportunities. And you know, when you get yours, you've got to find a way to take it and, and kudos to Hudson for doing just that.
1: Uh, Mark, you mentioned the severity of that putt, and Rick, you can speak to this with your experience this week, scouting the uh, uh, TPC park. Harding park, um, the severity of a slope like that on TV, when you see uh, the, the, I mean, that slope putting up that Ridge looked severe on TV. And when it looks severe on TV, uh, that, that very likely means in person, it's much more severe. So I I agree with you completely, Mark. I think that's a difficult putt and the error is in the second shot. You, it looked like anyway, it looks like you got to play it past the hole there. You play it past the hole. You have somewhat of a relatively straightforward chip or putt and it, you don't have a, a shelf to deal with. Anytime you're dealing with a ridge, Um, It it can get extremely challenging when the hole is close to that ridge and you're under that kind of pressure. It is um, the degree of difficulty goes up uh, tenfold. So it it was it was a clutch two putt. It
0: was clutch. I got my butt kicked, Mark. I'm still sore from Harding Park. It was unbelievable. Uh,
2: It was was awesome. By oh, your pictures. It looked like the rough had sort of burned out a little bit, so it wasn't as severe, correct?
0: No, it wasn't. But I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's pitches and things on that course that just ate me alive. Um, Tyler McCumber was warming up, staying warm, ready for a playoff. If Hudson Swafford did end up three putting the seventy second hole, and Mark McCumber finished. 161st in the FedEx Cup last year. So he would have been one of these guys that would have had to gone down to the Corn Fairy Tour finals, try to, you know, keep that tour card. But with everything that went on with the tour cards that are uh, being kept by every PGA Tour pro, I mean, he, he actually benefits from that. And now he's off to a really good start to this season to hopefully find himself in a better position come this time next year.
2: Well, it's just the point that we made a, a minute or two ago where you got, if, if, if you get a break or if you get a good bounce or if you get something that goes your way, you've got to try and capitalize on that as much as possible. And, and I'm excited for him that he did so. And credit to Tyler McCumber. You know, he's, he's always had a bunch of game. Um, but he sort of plays under his dad's shadow a bunch. And, you know, his dad's multiple winner on the tour, player's champion, you know, Ryder cup. He's done it all except for a yeah. major, Mark McCumber. But, but Tyler has dealt with the stuff in stride. And he's, own, he's his own guy. You know, he's, he's the complete polar opposite of Mark McCumber. If you speak to McCumber, he's, he's like a granddad to me, but he's sort of nerdy old golf. And Tyler is a, a surfer, hiker, um, spelunking sort of a dude who plays golf for fun on the side and makes him <laughs> right? And And he showed a bunch of class today. He had some really quality shots coming down the stretch. And then to birdie 18 to post. I mean, that, that to me is going to just loosen the handbrake if it hasn't been already because the guy can go, man. And now after a result like that, even though he didn't win, he went out to shoot 66. He's in the third to last, fourth to last group, whatever it was. And that closing birdie, I mean, that is big stuff. And, and I have a feeling now that just with these sort of laissez-faire kind of mentality... Maybe that fire will begin to burn just a little bit more and, and who knows what the future might hold. I'm
0: glad you brought that up, Mark, because his father, Mark McCumber, yes, 10 time PGA tour winner players championship uh, in 1988. He won the tour championship in 1994. But Greg, I mean, Tyler young, right? He's he's young. He's got his own wins under his belt. Now there's three Canadian tour wins. I think there's three uh, Latino America tour wins, but he's seemingly going to try to now enter this stage where he turns into his own player. And we stop saying this is Mark's son. This could be, you know, Tyler Cumber PGA tour winner is what we want to be talking about.
1: Yeah. Um, I definitely, he definitely wants to get to that point, but I don't think it's a bad thing to live under your dad's shadow. I mean, it's very clear that he is, um, extremely accomplished in the game as well. Um, and, and he's reaching his next goals. I mean, I, I look at this, that solo second, the, the three putt by Mackenzie Hughes is huge for him. I mean, yeah. you're talking about, mm-hmm. I, I, it's like 55 points. If you're, if you're tied second with one other player, you're talking about 245 FedEx cup points at, at solo second, you're talking about 300 forget the dollars you get to 300 FedEx cup points and you're really close to uh, locking up your card for next year. You're really close. I mean, it's usually somewhere around 500 or so points and and you're in September. It's what uh, September 27th and you're more than halfway there to, to keeping your card for the next year. So it's a big deal. It relieves a lot of pressure. And all that's going to do is lead to more good play, you would think. Um, so it, it's a it's a huge performance by him. And to me, it really speaks to, I think, what we saw today. Although all week long we've been talking about how, at least I have, how calming it looks out there in, in the Dominican. You're looking at the Caribbean. It's beautiful. It, uh, it's a calm breeze. But today you saw the pressure of winning, and you saw the difference with – Tyler's round, who's not really under a lot of pressure. We don't talk about him last night. He's not a guy that we really have in mind who has a chance to win. And Hudson Swafford, who enters two back. So he comes out and starts off firing with this uh, this trailing, this chaser's mindset. All of a sudden, it shifts to a leader, and you see the pressure start to rise. And for one guy, it's all chase, and it doesn't really feel like a lot of pressure. And then for another guy in Hudson Swafford, you see the pressure kind of start to feel real really quickly. So I I thought that was really interesting. It just speaks to uh, how important this week is for these players that were in in the mix.
2: Hey, quickly, uh, Rick, I didn't listen to last night's part. Who did you guys talk about?
1: We talked a little bit about Hudson. Uh, He was not the guy that we thought. Hughes, Long, and
0: Zhang are the four guys we talked about.
2: Right, cool. <laughs> Who were the four? Ad- I was wondering if there were Zalatoris references in there. From <laughs>
0: no, <here. laughs> There's not been a Zalatoris reference since, well, at least from me, since Tuesday or Monday. So I don't know what you guys talked about on Tuesday. Oh, I think we talked about them on Tuesday.
1: <laughs> um, Maybe Thursday.
0: It, it, Greg, to put a bow on that, it, it is interesting. You met, so I went back to 2019 about like the number of FedEx Cup points because 2019 was the last obviously full season we had. One twenty fifth. Pat Press three hundred seventy six FedEx Cup points so oh wow that's lower than i thought yeah big big chunk now this will be a super season there'll be 50 events it'll probably be higher than that but yeah you're right that's a that's a significant chunk right now in what event number three of the year
1: well well Well, for him it's event number two he missed the cut at the safeway open um so this is i mean you're you're two events in and you you're already at 300 points you're feeling you're in great shape there are many guys who have uh, and I, I, he's top 10 in FedEx Cup points right now as it is. So it boosts your confidence a little bit. I, I imagine that he'll be checking the FedEx Cup standings a couple of times. Uh, if it were me, I'd be taking screenshots constantly. I'm eighth in the standings or seventh in the standings.
2: And Picture this, too. Uh, we saw what happened with Adam Long last year, and Long won earlier in the in, in the season. He won at the Amex or so. So that's in the early part of the new year. But if, if Tyler McCumber now has one big event, one more, this fall, he's got his 125 locked up. So then you give that chaser's freedom that he plays with. Now you're like, man, I'm in, I'm good. I'm locked up for another year. And then the kind of player that he is, because he's got that sort of free swinging way about him, he hits it hard and goes and finds it and plays again. You know, then to me, if he gets one more good event, gets the points sort of if he feels like is necessary, I think it could be open season for someone like that. Not just not just McCumber, but someone else in that sort of a position too.
0: Interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on guys who could potentially lock up their spots early and then start freewheeling it. I like that, Mark. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes uh, started, I think, three shots off the lead heading into Sunday. Uh, he got to 13, and he was four shots off the lead. And then he got to 17, and he was in a three-way tie. So, Mark, I'll go right back to you on this. Uh, I thought uh, Mackenzie Hughes' day was uh, it was impressive at the start. He made an eagle early in the round. I thought he came up. a little i don't want to say i don't want to call it weak i mean it was he got himself in a tough situation he added a a pitch roll back to his feet he made bogey on 18 with a three putt which was his really his only chance to get into a playoff it's still going to be a solo third it's still going to be a great result from mckenzie hughes but i wonder how he's going to assess his own performance on sunday
2: (laughs) excuse me um i i couldn't answer for mckenzie but he did a lot of things really well um, coming in. I, to, to me, there were one or two situations where it looked by the, by follow-throughs, he was sort of fighting off a little bit of a draw. And then there was one hole in the back nine, I think it was 16, where he's hit the drive in the fairway. 16 is a birdieable hole hole, or, or maybe 15, I can't recall exactly which one, but he misses it long. In the end, makes a good save. And speaking of that... He made a number of saves coming in. He made that big bogey save on 13, and he hold a lot of crucial putts. So from that point of view, to me, that's always a good thing because putting under pressure is hard. It's easy to stand there on the tee once you get by the, okay, I've got to put it in the fairway thing. But that kind of deal, you can just swing hard, you can let it go, and and, and you can use the adrenaline to your advantage. Now you can't necessarily use adrenaline to your advantage when you've got a five or six foot putt to make. That's got a bunch of slide downhill. And he made a few of those. So, so, so to me, I'm sure looking back, he's like, Oh, good stuff. I'm back in contention. Another good finish. And, and he's going into a little stretch of golf where he's won at the RSM and stuff. But I'm sure yeah. he's feeling pretty good about himself. Would he have liked to have not bogeyed 18? Yeah. Yeah. You can <laughs> bet your bottom dollar on that. But again, there was a situation where, it just looked coming down the stretch that some of those crosswinds, he was fighting off that hook and the tee shot on 18 sort of caught him out, left him with a long way into a difficult hole location. And and then when you're playing out of the rough to some of those holes in those post greens, you're playing professional guessing and they just guessed wrong. And he was in a place where two putting was next to impossible. So, so, so I think when he takes the 36,000 foot view of the thing, he's going to be like, okay, I'm good. Right now he's probably seething that he bogeyed the last. I, I
0: like that angle, Mark, I think, and, and and Greg, we talked about this on Saturday night's pod, where basically, I mean, he goes rounds 68, 67, 67, 70. I mean, Sunday was his worst round of the week. He's still going to finish solo third. I think he has to look at this week as a, as a pretty great win. And, and I like the, the, angle that mark took which is he's now entering a stretch of the schedule where he's had success and he's been playing well and he he had a good fortune uh to get into the tour championship a handful of weeks i mean things are things are very positive for mckenzie hughes right now
1: i think we're starting to see this player develop some real confidence and an event like this well you'll be upset there's no question he's going to be upset because well we'll get into that in just a second here but um but he's A player who I always thought of as a guy who does well on really tough golf courses. Oh, he does well when it's really hard. He's not great at going really low and he's starting to prove to himself. You mentioned the RSM. We have this event where he's got some really good history. You have the Honda classic. So there's kind of that, uh, that, that tropical Florida area where he does really well. He does well on difficult Northeastern style courses. Um, even if they're, if they happen to be in Chicago. So there's the, the kind of, Places that fit his game is starting to grow. And he's got to be going into a lot more tour events this year feeling confident. And um, I, I think Mackenzie Hughes is in a great place. Now, um, a, as for this week, a, a couple things to me happened. Um, you're through 13 holes, you're four shots off the lead. Things have kind of changed in a way you probably didn't expect. At least we didn't expect. You have Adam Long kind of fall off and Hudson Swafford go and play some great golf. And you're you're the only guy in town. I mean, you're you're sitting there. Um, he was four back. He got to three back at some point. He's right there. He's really the only guy left who can really catch. I guess M- McCumber was there as well. But your thought process is okay. I got to chase, um, and I'm almost. And then all of a sudden, it comes right back to you. And you you make a a putt for bogey on the same on twelve, same hole. Hudson Swafford missed the bogey putt on. He makes that putt. He's got to be feeling not great about himself. And all of a sudden, two holes later, you're tied for the lead. And so there's this dramatic swing of emotions. And I I think that's a challenge. That's a challenging thing to handle. Okay, I go from four back, probably out of it, trying to finish in solo second to, wait a second, I'm tied for the lead? What? And I I made a bogey at 12. What, What just happened? It's kind of a bizarre, shocking thing. So I do think knowing what he knows now, he's going to be a little bit upset with the way he finished. But, um, man, um, still a great week for Mackenzie Hughes.
2: Players sort of get the sense to how golf course is playing. Uh, You make a good point there, um, Greg. But, you know, with the way those greens were crisping up and they had that sheen about them, the guys can get the sense that, okay, it's not the birdie fest that it was early in the day, and and par is golden on a few holes. But just to put a bow on Mackenzie, it was a few weeks ago. I was with my brother. Um, And he's the president's cup team captain for the international squad for 2021 next year. Mm -hmm. And uh, it would have been 2020 if we didn't have all the COVID stuff going on. And so we were just, I mean, he was just sort of speaking and there was, this was no strategy session or whatever. And I just said, we were having a glass of wine or whatever. I said to him, I'm like, watch McKenzie use. He, He was, he wasn't sort of in the reckoning. But uh, because he was a little inconsistent, I'm like, watch McKenzie. And he sort of looked at me like this, and Trevor doesn't say very much, and, uh, and he sort of nods, and I can see Percy's lips. And you watch Hughes gaining traction now, because he's the perfect guy to play alongside in alternate shot, four balls, whatever the case might be. He putts great, he's pretty accurate, he's easy going. Watch McKenzie Hughes. I feel like this boy, with all the confidence he's gaining into the President's Cup next year, may be a rookie stalwart with the experience he's, great. he's, he's garnering over these last few weeks.
0: A couple of Immelman's talking golf over wine. I'm not sure I believe that. Happens once in a while. (laughs) I love it. Um, Real quick, Greg, I'll go to you on Adam Long because he did headline a lot of our conversation uh, last night on Saturday's pod, as I think he should have. He was our 54-hole leader. And uh, right out of the gate, he stumbles. You know, he bogeys number two. He got it back on four. But it it was just not a good day for him. He seemed to put himself in a lot of awkward positions. I think they were saying on the telecast, it might have been Trevor actually saying, um, he he hasn't been judging it out out of the rough well Enough. He just kind of been, has been in between clubs, hasn't been able to figure it out, and the scorecard reflects it. He shoots a, a seventy-five on Sunday. He finishes at fourteen under and in solo fifth.
1: Yeah, and making, you know, a, a bogey at a par five on on number seven, that really hurts. You're sitting there, you bogey number two, okay. Um you can you can live with an early early bogey, especially when you get it back at four. And then you head into number, you make another one at six and say, okay, I'm still one. But but if you can get through the first nine and even, all of a sudden your mindset changes to, uh, I haven't necessarily lost anything. Some players may have caught me. I may be trailing, but I'm I'm holding my own. My strong nine is yet to come. Whereas um, uh, Hudson Swafford, well, he just had his best nine. He's probably not going to shoot 31 on the back as well. Maybe I can go shoot 31 on the back and I'm, I'm still in the mix. But then, the six at seven kind of feels, it feels worse than a six. So yeah. that's just proof that, you know, this things weren't going his way. I was honestly, I was surprised. I thought he looked really good yesterday, uh, confident with the putter, confident over the ball, and I, I expected a little bit more from him today. Um, but unfortunately, this is, this is what, a, a, what, I mean, sleeping on a lead is not an easy thing to do, <laughs> no matter what. You start thinking about, oh, man, I, I can get 500, I, I can get a two-year exemption. I can get 500 FedEx Cup points. I can get into all these events. If I win this, I'm I'm definitely getting into Tour Championship next year. I'm not I'm not going to get um, edged out by Mackenzie Hughes again. I'm going to get in. I'm going to come <laughs> in the top ten. I'm going to right. You start thinking about all these goals, and all of a sudden, you wake up and things don't quite feel uh, the same. So tough day for Adam Long, um, but it happens. It's a learning experience.
2: You know what? This is such a curious thing for me, this Adam Long deal, because if you look at him through three rounds, he'd made 18 birdies, one eagle, and three bogeys. And, and I mean, he was going bananas, bogey-free on moving day. Mm-hmm. That he put together was sensational. I can see why there was a bunch of hype. But, you know, being in the final group, it's an emotional place, and it's a real mental place, too. It can get under your skin pretty fast. And here's a guy coming in who really hasn't had any real headwind. You know, things have been going his way for three rounds. And all of a sudden you get off to the grisly starts. And then that emotional final group starts to get a little more so because now you're questioning what's going on. And and there's all of these things that start getting concocted in one's mind. Now, I don't know if that's the case with Adam Long because he's particularly impressive about playing his game and doing what Adam Long does. He works with Josh Gregory on this and they're very, very sharp um, in terms of the way the game is approached. But in a place where you've got the lead and all of a sudden stuff is happening that you haven't seen the entire week and it's happening on the final day in the last group, the time you least it to happen, that is a tough thing to deal with. I don't care who you are. And and then you mix that with, you know, just a few balls into the rough on those wide fairways and then you're guessing a little bit. It all starts compounding itself pretty fast. So I sort of felt for him as I watched him work through that final round because it, it's amazing how you can be in the last group and it can be a pretty sucky place. And and I saw a little bit of that with Adam Long today.
1: Yeah, only six. Still a pretty guys. good start to the year, though. Yeah, I mean, we got th- he was tied 13th at the U.S. Open, fifth year. Pretty good start to the year.
0: Yeah, only only six guys had worse rounds than Adam Long on Sunday, which is not good when you are in the final group. Um, real quick on this, Greg. John Catlin wins on the European tour. Second victory in three starts. I don't know. Golf. I don't know if we have anything to say other than he's going to move into the top 100. He's going to move into like the top 90. He's going to be in a lot more of events. Golf is deep. Uh, Golf is great all around the world. It is played in other places outside of the United States. Um, I don't know what else to say. Good stuff.
1: Well, it's interesting to see. I'm kind of waiting for the day where more maybe it's already happening. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I don't get a chance to watch a lot of, um, a lot of the European tour golf, unfortunately, simply because of the time. I mean, I I always enjoy it when I do get a chance. Um, but, but I think of Brooks Koepka He's the first guy that comes to my mind. Go over there. Uh, Peter, Uline, another player, you go over there, um, figure out exactly how you want to script your game. You go to an uncomfortable environment and you get comfortable being uncomfortable. It's something that Brett McCabe talks about all the time, who's Hudson Swafford's mental coach. And so, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a really good opportunity. Go over there, learn how to win, and then you come back here to the United States uh, with a little bit more confidence, and, you know, you could really become a star. So it, it's, a, it's a been an impressive start.
0: And finishing third in the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open, Jazz Janawananand.
2: <laughs> no, come on, man. Jazz, Jane that no, Jane Watananand. Jane Watananand. There you go. All right, there we go.
0: Anytime we get a chance to say it, we throw it in there. I want to talk odds and ends, gentlemen. We've got to do matchup recap, and one and done recap. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Visit roberthalf.com today. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Both had Mackenzie Hughes, so they got two hundred and seventy-six thousand points. Pretty good day, pretty good week's work uh, for you, Mark. Two hundred seventy-six thousand. You'll take that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm getting off. To, I've got getting off to a way better start than I did last season. Just for the record, and <laughs> producer Jacob, I want you to find the clip where you went on the show, uh, Rick, and Greg was good. G- he was all zelatorizing his way around the place. <laughs> And and so we go one and done leans, and Carl Porter's like I'm going Will Zalatoris, you know Carl. He jumps <laughs> on every bandwagon that goes past his house, and then <laughs> and then Greg's like I'm all Zalatoris as well. And I looked at Greg. And I'm like Greg, you and I were tied for the lead. This is not going to turn out the way you wish. <laughs> <laughs> you know your boy came back a little bit there, but Mackenzie Hughes. How do you bet against a guy who's played finished second year before who's playing great? Who hits the ball well, and so you're going to play well in crosswinds and stuff. I mean, Mackenzie Hughes this week, I think, was a blind, a blind golf analyst could have picked him.
1: Well, look, here's the thing about Mackenzie Hughes. I I think extremely highly of him, and I just I think there's going to be events later on where I'm going to get a little bit more out of him. I'm going to get a little more dollars. This is a small purse event, and <laughs> right. I mean, you get a, a this great finish, Mark, and uh Mackenzie Hughes dominates Will Zalatoris, who ends up in. I don't know a top ten finish, no big deal. Um, and all of a sudden, I've used Will Zalatoris. You've used up Mackenzie Hughes, and you got like a one hundred and forty thousand dollar lead on me. I mean, I, that could be made I, up next week.
2: One more thing I, i've played I, I've played four or five one and done leagues. I've never used Mackenzie Hughes one time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's never been as good as he is now. <laughs> so, Mackenzie um, Hughes worked out great. <laughs> Will Zalatoris, you got a lot out of him. Greg and Kyle took Will Zalatoris $117,000 for the backdoor top 10 finish. He finished t eighth. He shot a 65 on Sunday, which Greg, oh, by the way, he's playing next week now. He's going to continue to parlay these top 10 finishes into the next event. I guess we'll see him at
2: Sanderson. I'm betting on him next week.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, we'll we'll talk about him next week. We can't. I can't use him in one and done. Neither can Kyle. Uh, which is the that's the big loss this week is we're we're done using Will Zalatoris for. But look, you, you 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 come out in the third week of the year, third week of a new season. You use a corn fairy tour player and you get a top ten out of it. I mean, that's pretty solid one and done strategy, if you ask me. So I'm going to give props to Kyle Porter, who's not here in your absence, Kyle props to you and uh, I'm going to give myself a nice big pat on the back as well well <laughs>
0: we, we can't argue with it Mark and Greg are one and two in our standings I had Denny McCarthy this week and I got what is probably the equivalent of the MSRP of a 2005 Dodge Neon like 12, <laughs> 12 right that's that's probably about right. Something like that. Look, Rick, there he he had
1: a he was up there for a while. That was I looking know. good. Just yeah. it, it just didn't finish the way that we hoped. Danny McCarthy, I I've loved all for a long time. Like since maybe the 3M or somewhere around there, heading into playoffs. I love loved Danny McCarthy. Just he's let me down a couple times. So yeah. I'm I'm sorry it happened to you as well.
2: Notice you've never picked him in one and done. No, he's not <laughs> quite there, but he's I've had
1: my eye on him. <laughs> the the, maybe the, maybe the old Maybe next eye. week.
0: Uh, <laughs> matchups. Uh, I did not submit picks. My bad, producer Jacob. So, uh, Greg, you are victorious. Congratulations on your belt. You were four zero and one. Mark not too shabby at three one and one. And Kyle was two two and one. So that looks like three essentially winning records to me. So I'm I'm pretty
2: impressed. Yes, My mea culpa. Okay. After I've. I've, I've, I've Regrets Will Zalatoris. I have a lot of respect for your game. But I did the, the, the game that I didn't win. I picked Corey Connors over Will Z- Zalatoris. That's actually bitten in my rear end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which looked good for about, uh, oh no, Corey Connors missed the cut.
0: I was thinking he finished higher than that. Um, yeah, that's the only one that Mark got wrong, which is pretty good.
1: Four zero oh, and one. Uh, I'm not sure how often I've gone undefeated, but it's not very often. So this is a great week for me. Yet their mark is three one and one. I can't shake him. He's just he is the matchup king. So I'm I'm gonna have to start. I'm gonna have to get a lead. I want to try to figure out a way. And I gotta look at the standings. Maybe I get a lead and then just pick everybody that Mark picks because he's pretty
2: spot on. Rick, I, w- I want to point out something to you when we got the whole crew of us and we're doing the the, the pre-tournament matchup bets. Kyle is there's there's a little bit of genius about him, and I, can you believe I'm giving him this compliment? Because he'll I, I I watch him, he still listens to the picks, and then he'll go, oh well, because everyone's picking X, I'm going to pick pick Y. So if he doesn't do well, he'll be like, well, I was just being the anti-sort of guy. That's so no, big deal. <laughs> but if he wins, he looks like a genius. So, so, so there's a little sly dog about him over there.
0: <laughs> That's smart. I like that strategy. It's a it's a win win. Blame everybody else, or you get to be the champ. Um, we're back next week. Sanderson Farms You know who's in the field Next week Couple of interesting names Scotty Scheffler Is in the field Which will be Ooh, his he's back He's back Which will be his first start Post-COVID Obviously missing US Open He's in the field Sungjae Im Is in the field He's back baby Our last two Rookie of the years There you go Back to back Rookies, of the, rookies
1: of the year Rookies of the year Rookies of the year I'm
2: sorry Come on
1: And you're probably Going to have your uh, Your third In Will Zalatoris He's probably There you be- go Right, Mark?
2: And Doug Bell loves Jackson, Mississippi. He is as happy as a pig in a pig's tie when he goes to Jackson, Mississippi. So you should get him on the podcast because this guy, he loves that place for some reason.
0: There you go. Producer Jacob, book it. We'll get him on. Uh, all right, gentlemen, much appreciated. That right there is Mark Immelman. You can find him on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. That's Greg Ducharme. You can find him at the real GFD. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.